Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Hello, it's Ekina again, and today we are discussing another aspect of being an iconic woman, iconic womanhood, right? And one of the things that's interesting to me is, as I talk about this idea of iconic womanhood, is that sometimes smart women make unsmart decisions. Is that true of you? I know that it's certainly been true of me at least once or twice in my past. And the whole thing is to make sure that it's not going to be true of me in the future and it's not going to be true of you in the future. So if you fall into this category or any of the things that I'm about to say right now, I want you to ahead of time forgive yourself because what we're going to do today is talk about why that happens, understand it so that we don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. In the work that I do when I talk to women, I talk to women all the time. Literally, I talk to men too, but I spend a lot of time talking to women, whether I'm speaking somewhere, whether I'm conducting a workshop or whether I'm responding to an email or coaching a client or running one of my masterminds. And often you see this happen. And sometimes someone might be saying something and and they're discussing something or they're struggling with something and I'm asking questions and probing and helping them come to a fresh understanding through the coaching, right? And I'm asking these questions. And one of the questions that I might be asking is kind of pushing them and asking them, well, listen, you're an intelligent woman. You're a smart woman. Why are you wanting to make this decision? Why are you choosing this? Why did you choose that? Let's go over that so that you can understand. And sometimes I find myself doing the same thing. Sometimes I have to go back and look at situations that I found myself in and do some sort of dissecting and analyzing and trying to understand, well, how did I get there in the first place? I'm a smart woman. How did I make that decision? And at the end of the day, we forgive ourselves, right? You have to be willing to forgive yourself so you can really do the work, understand yourself, and so you can then make different decisions going forward. So I've come up with four things that are top of mind, the common things that I see us doing over and over again, the common reasons that we make these unsmart decisions. These are the reasons behind it, okay? So the first reason is that we have been socialized to pursue potential while men have been socialized to pursue the package. I think that's worth saying again. Women have been socialized to pursue potential while men have been socialized to pursue the package. Women will try to make something work, whether it be a job, whether it be a car, whether it be a man. We're, we're, we're socialized to kind of make it work, manage it, fix it. It's a fixer-upper, girl. You got to work with it. You got to give it a little tweak here and there. We have that thing that we've been taught. That's what we do. While men, they're looking for the perfect package. Is she a perfect 10? Even if he's a five, he's looking for a 10. That's the way they've been socialized. And that's the way we've been socialized. I mean, just think about the things that you've heard growing up. 
think about all the different things you heard, whether it was about a career or whether it was about a, a relationship or even a business. Like, you know, you might have a deal on the table and you take it to some, you know, maybe some of the women in your life. And depending on their orientation, they might say, oh, you better hold on to that. That That's a decent, that's, that's a pretty good deal. You may not get another one. You know, a bird in the hand, you better hold on to that. Now, there's some wisdom to that, of course. But then there are times when that is actually not good advice. Or think about the things you heard around relationships growing up. Many women heard things like, you know, there are no perfect men. All men are dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. Because depending on what your background is, that blank might be different, right? Or maybe you watched all those movies where beauties were busy taming beasts and princesses were kissing frogs. This is all a form of programming. It's called repetition. When you hear or see something over and over and over again in different ways, it settles into you as a kind of truth. But the good news about programming is that you can deprogram and reprogram yourself. Once you make that decision, you can start to renew your mind and become intentional about your thought life. You can get clear about what you want out of life and even clearer about what you are willing to do to create that life. If you're someone who has always gone after potential, then here's something that's important for you to understand. Potential is just that, potential. It doesn't mean that it will ever be actualized. And even if it is actualized, especially if you're thinking about men and relationships, you may not be the one to bring that potential out of him. It's very difficult to be a man's coach and his woman at the same time. Encouraging a man is very different from coaching a man. And unfortunately, in many of those situations where you turn into his coach, even if you're helping, even if he recognizes that, along the way, most men will start to feel emasculated and many will even resent you for being part and parcel of that emasculated feeling, even if you were the person who helped them level up or whatever the case is. And so it doesn't always work trying to brush him up or, or help him be, you know, better so that he's then acceptable to you. Now, naturally, when you're in a relationship, you actually do help each other out, right? You, su you support each other in different ways. Iron sharpens iron. But that's when both of you come in as iron. When you are looking at him as, oh, he'll be perfect when I get him right. That means you haven't accepted him as he is, and you're trying to fix him. And that energy that energy, just think about when someone turns you into a project. How does that feel? That's not the kind of energy that's conducive for a great relationship going forward. And so let go of the idea that you have to settle for potential and start to work on yourself so that you can be the package that you want to be and start to get clear about what you really want and it's okay to ask for what you really want, whether it be in a job, whether it be in a contract, a business contract, whether it be in a relationship. It is okay. It is advisable that you are clear and honest and authentic about what you desire in a relationship 
in your life and believe that you can get it. Number two, let's move on to the number two reason why smart women tend to make sometimes unsmart decisions. We don't really know our true value or we have been taught to downplay it to be accepted. Again, this is part of how we've been socialized. Many of us have seen women who appear very confident being called arrogant, and sometimes we see them being penalized socially. The other thing that happens is that sometimes we get these messages of scarcity, scarcity of money, scarcity of opportunities, scarcity of men. We have been conditioned to operate from a lack mindset that's rooted in fear. So sometimes out of this fear, we settle for less. We take the first deal on the table, we take the lowball offer, or we work for free just so that we can be part of the event or be in the room, even when it doesn't work for our business or for where we are. We accept relationships that don't fulfill us just to be one of those women who can quote unquote keep a man. Sidebar, I've never bought into this keep a man ideology. Every man that I know has free will and decides what he will do. But again, we have been socialized to shame and blame the woman for men's actions and choices. Very rarely are men truly held accountable. Sometimes when we're talking about men who have done things that we don't agree with, we may file it under his trash. But that's actually not accountability. That's more like judgment. Anyway, sidebar over. In a past podcast, I talked about The Lion King, the lessons that I'd learned from it. Well, let me use Nala as an example when I'm talking about this business of not knowing your value and how important it is. Nala was Simba's queen, and she called him to order. But she couldn't have done that if she did not know who she was. It's interesting to reflect on how Nala was raised. She was raised in the company of lionesses. These are women, lions who hunted and and they, they ruled the pride. She was raised to be a queen. She was affirmed by them. Listen, it's so important for you as a woman for us as women, to be in community with women who know who they are and women who can help you know who you are just by the way that they own themselves. It's one of the reasons why, honestly, if I can say so myself, the retreats that my company does, the Refresh Leadership Retreats, it's one of the reasons why they're so powerful. This is our fifth annual one, because it's an intimate gathering of authentic, soulful, feminine powerhouses. Honestly, that alone is worth the price of admission. We have to begin to understand what we as women bring to the table and how valuable we are. And that knowledge comes from within. For me, it comes from the security of knowing that I am loved by the Most High and nothing, nothing and no man made from dust can compete with that. We have to begin to know, and I mean deeply know our worth, not just rattle off some meme that sounds good, but deeply understand and value who we are. So here are some powerful questions that I want to leave you with under this particular heading of knowing your value and knowing your worth. Are you or have you 
been operating from a lack mindset or an abundance mindset? Have you been making decisions out of fear or out of faith? What exactly do you bring to the table? Think about it both personally and professionally. What do you bring to the table that is unique? Well, what do you bring to the table that's not even unique? We just want to know what your value is. Get clear on that. You should be able to say how you are adding value to every situation. What do you truly want personally and professionally? What do you truly want? What do you desire? This is a powerful question. So many women have difficulty answering this question with clarity, especially because a lot of us haven't given ourselves permission to really want and to really state it. We kind of want to be, you know, just open so that somebody else can wrap us around their desires. So, you know, I I just want to be happy. That's wonderful, but can you get a little bit more clear? These are questions that I'd like you to begin to use to do some introspection work. So this is where you get your journal out and you begin to write it out and think about it and sit with it and, 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 and just allow what comes up, come up. Remember, awareness is the first intervention. Awareness is so powerful. Once you begin to see how you've been thinking and what you've been seeing, what lens you've been looking at life with, it will change the way you move and and operate in the world today. Let me move on to number three. So number three, the number three reason why smart women sometimes make unsmart decisions. We doubt our intelligences. Yes, that is intelligences, the two. Over time, many of us have learned to ignore the first intelligence, which is our intuition. That's our intuitive intelligence. And then the other thing that we have been told, some of us subtly, some overtly, is that as women, our cognitive intelligence is not necessarily on the same level as men. So we ignore our intuitive intelligence and we doubt our cognitive intelligence. And research has shown this to be true. Even smart women fall prey to the socialization. Research has shown that most women underestimate their cognitive intelligence and most men overestimate theirs. And as far as our intuition, we we stop listening to it or we don't trust it. Can I tell you guys a story? This is like true life story. It happened to me when I was in my 20s. I was, that was quite some time ago. <laughs> but I was in my 20s and I remember dating a man and he was much older than I was and and a very suave, you know, he'd very experienced. He was, he had he was almost 12, 13 years older than I was in his 30s at the time. And we had gone out to dinner. He had asked me out. We had gone out. And he lived in a different city from uh, mine. So he had come to my city to visit with me. And, and, you know, we were getting into a relationship. And I remember asking him point blank at our first dinner, point blank, are you dating, married, anything, any entangled in any sort of way. Is there any other woman in your life? 
And he goes, no, absolutely not, yada, yada, yada. I'm free as a bird, <laughs> flying high in the sky. And I remember even at that moment having a niggling, something in my spirit that wasn't quite right. But, you know, I was 22 or 23. I, didn't, I hadn't gotten the wisdom of my 40s to know, listen, trust it. But um, I continued on. We continued in a relationship, and then I had a dream, and this dream was vivid. And in the dream, he had a child with him, and he had there was another woman in the dream, and so it was clear he had he was with a family. And I asked him when I got up from the dream, I spoke to him, and I said, "Listen, I had this dream about you again. Let me ask again: Do you have?" <laughs> anyone in your life because this dream was so real and he said here we go like it was really like oh you women in your dreams and why a woman like this why do you guys always do this you're so paranoid da 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 again negating this idea that my intuition was valid right negating it not even just like oh no it's not true but just totally stop trusting it altogether but I couldn't shake it. And so I asked a friend of mine who lived in the city that he did, and I asked her to please do a little, you know, CIA moves, like go out there and check, <laughs> find out for me what's real and what's not real. And she came back not that long, a few days later and said, wow, I've asked some questions and, and I, we do have a lot of people in common. And I'm sorry to tell you, he does have a family. So he wasn't flying high in the sky. He was lying high in the sky. So there you go. I wanted to tell the story because I knew at the soul level, I just didn't know consciously, right? It wasn't up here in my prefrontal cortex, all of that. Like I knew I had a niggling inside and that, that was the first piece of my intuition showing up. I knew, but we have to trust it. And so perhaps if I had trusted it, right, I wouldn't have even gotten into anything that I wouldn't have wanted to be in. But at least I had the courage to trust and ask questions the second time, because a lot of times we allow ourselves to be pushed off and we allow the person to talk us out of it and we don't go any further. And then that's how I would have gotten into a messy situation because I didn't trust my intuition. You have to trust your intuition. We have to train ourselves to learn to hear and act on our intuition again. Intuition can show up as body wisdom. So when your body sends signals through symptoms or sensations, that can be your intuition. So if you've ever walked into a room and you're having a conversation with someone and maybe they're inviting you to do something and you feel like drained or sick, or you feel like throwing up or you get an instant headache or something like that, that can be your intuition saying, hey, something's wrong here. Or you get that cold, clammy feeling, sinking feeling, something, you know, trust that because your mind hasn't caught up to it yet, but your soul, your heart is like, hey, hey, something's up here. We don't know. We don't want this. Trust that. Learn to trust that wisdom. That's data. Body wisdom is not 100% everything, because for me as a Christian, I will always pray and seek 
the word and seek to hear from God directly if I'm still confused. But body wisdom is data. It is data. The other way intuition can show up is that it can show up through messages from your subconscious, like in your dreams. So learn to listen to that inner voice. Meditating is a great tool to increase your ability to hear that inner voice and also to hear from God, like I said. The other thing to start doing, if you are someone who has not trusted your cognitive intelligence, right? So you don't you don't trust your intuition, so you have to start listening to it. But really not trusting, you know, gosh, did I does it this that didn't sound right? Like that sounds like a lie, that sort of thing, right? That the thing to start doing with that is to start learning to listen with our eyes, not just our ears. So let's say you're in a relationship. I want you to understand that what he says. That may be who he would like to be, but what he does, that's who he actually is. What he says is who he may aspire to be, but what he does, that's who he actually is. Trust what you see. Patterns are more of a determining factor than potential. I had to pause, not just for dramatic effect, but I really want that to sink in. The other thing is, stop filling in the gaps. We tend to fill in the gaps. Be careful of inference. So the law of inference is in operation when we've created a story. And so when once we've created a story in our heads about something or a situation, then we look for all the data to support the story that we have in our heads, and we discard all the data that doesn't fit the story. In essence, we start seeing what we want to see. And so in order to stop this, it is time that we do, as they say in Nigeria when I grew when I was growing up, where I grew up, shine your eye. <laughs> shine your eye well. See properly. Trust yourself. Trust your intelligences. You're a smart woman. You know what to do. The number fourth and final reason why women tend to sometimes make unsmart decisions. Confusion can be convenient. When smart women say I'm confused, I often challenge them to go deeper. Because what it is, is that it's not just that you're confused. It's more that there's something that you may not want to deal with happening in that unconscious space. When you're stuck in the I don't know what to do zone, more often than not, it's not about not knowing what to do, but not wanting to deal with it. Sometimes that comes from not wanting to take ownership of something because you don't want to have the responsibility of the decision. You want deniable plausibility. You want to be able to blame someone, or maybe you've been so used to being the victim or the damsel in distress in your story. Maybe you want to be a sleeping beauty in your life, beautiful, attractive, but without power and autonomy. But here's the thing. It's time to own your life fully. It's time to own who you are, 
and the responsibility and the authority that comes along with it. You have to be your own Prince Charming. Get up. Go blow yourself a kiss in the mirror and wake your own self up. You are a powerful, creative being. There is absolutely nothing you can't do if you put your mind and faith to it. It's time to stop giving away all your power. It's time to take it all back and stand. You are a woman who can and will make things happen. I'm going to give you two prayer points to reflect on if any of these four things resonate with you. And here they are. God, please give me the clarity in every area of my life and give me the courage to take action accordingly. And that's all she wrote, folks. We've been talking about iconic womanhood. I believe that when any woman is truly her authentic self, operating at her highest level of excellence, then she becomes iconic. And I'm passionate about seeing women elevate to their iconic statuses. If you're listening and you're saying to yourself, that's it, I'm done with being ordinary and I'm ready to be iconic, I'd love for you to visit iconicwomanmastermind.com where you can learn all about my signature six-month transformation and up-leveling program. In it, I provide thought leadership and feminine power, spiritual strategies, and solutions for women just like you. Look, apply and let's chat and see if it's a good fit for you and if you are a good fit for this upcoming cohort. Also, before I go, I would love to invite you to join us this November in Puerto Rico for our fifth annual Refresh Feminine Leadership Retreat. You have to go to refreshleadershipretreat.com and you can learn all about it. It's an extraordinary experience, a fabulous investment for a woman just like you. And trust me, you are going to get refreshed and truly level up for 2020. On that note, I would like to say, have an amazing rest of your week. Look forward to powerful, beautiful, wonderful things coming your way. And remember, you are an iconic woman making things happen, adding value to the world. God bless you. Be well.